Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. On this episode, inclusivity and bias in training. I am uh, fortunate to be able to attend a number of learning-centric events over the course of any given year, and um, as a result, have an opportunity to interact with a wide range of practitioners that bring different perspectives into view. Um, I was recently at an event where I got the privilege of meeting the CEO of a company called Virtual Crown and hearing her present on a very thought-provoking topic. Through the course of her presentation, she made an assertion that I will use as kind of a catalyst for this episode. The statement that she made was very, very simple. Your intent becomes part of your content. This is true whether you intend it or not. And um, as you sit and reflect on this statement, it can lead to hours and hours of reflection and evaluation of your current learning programs. So I'm going to use this to frame up a couple of questions and then bring forward some tips. Um, in, In the way of questioning, have you ever thought about what the intent is with each learning intervention or experience that you create? If the intention is nothing more than to have your learner pass a test or is part of a check the box activity, this will be evident to the learner in their journey and their experience. So what if we rethought everything and the actual intention for each training experience we create was to ensure that the learner was able to easily understand comprehend and transfer the knowledge into application on the job? Would your content look or feel any differently if that was the intention as opposed to simply keeping it remanded to the learner will execute on these four learning objectives? I will explore a few other topics in future episodes that were inspired by this very same statement. But um, for today, I really want to focus in on bias in training. So when we ask ourselves these questions, it leads us to ask yet another, which is how can we rethink our learning approach to better align with the learners we have today? How are we taking steps to ensure inclusivity in our training and ultimately identifying bias and helping to design in a way that eliminates bias in the training? Uh, There was an article I read in Learning Solutions Magazine that that did a really great job of summarizing some key points from another phenomenal speaker I got to hear, uh, David Dylan Thomas, who delivered a keynote at the Learning Solutions 2022 conference. And in in the article that was penned in the magazine, uh, there were a few takeaways that I wanted to, to bring forward to give you something to think about in regard to this topic. Three main takeaways. The first 
is that we as learning and development professionals must strive to understand how cognitive bias can affect learning, both in the process of designing learning as well as in the process of consuming learning. Uh, there are a number of biases that we should be mindful of, and um, three that, that he spotlighted in particular were confirmation bias, which can lead people to interpret things in a way that confirms something they already know or believe, even if that's not what the intention is for the content. Framing is a method that can lead learners to draw very specific conclusions in a, in, in a very specific way. And affinity bias uh, enables people to favor themselves. Usually it's unconscious, but uh, favors themselves and that can create some distortions uh, along the learner journey. The second big takeaway was that uh, in the process of learning, we need to ensure that the training information is presented in a way that guides the learner to good decisions. This means that we need to be providing relevant supporting information as much as possible without going so far as to add a flashing neon sign over the correct answer. We need to strive to always be finding ways to help the learner explore the content in a more meaningful way, leading to a greater level of internalization of the content and ultimately a higher level of knowledge transfer so that uh, your learners can walk away learning versus just carrying the, uh, the short-term learning uh, retention. And then the third big takeaway uh, from this article and from the keynote was that we must challenge ourselves to always design for cognitive bias. And what this means is that we need to be aware of the way we approach the design of learning experiences and safeguard as much as possible against learners creating their own reality from their perception of the content, which can lead to a distortion of the intended meaning and outcome. If we are not explicit and specific in our word choices and our directions in the experiences we create, it can leave room for the learners to fill in the gaps with their own perceptions based on their own experiences. And sometimes these are not going to be aligned with what we hope they get out of the training course. So it, it leads to lackluster results when it comes to measuring things like training efficacy and training impact. Uh, this idea of designing for cognitive bias can be new territory for us to explore as L&D professionals, but there are a few tips that I'm going to bring forward again uh, from David Dylan Thomas's keynote that can guide you on your journey, at least give you some things to consider as a starting point. So uh, to get into these highlights, for starters, we should always ensure that we're designing with the learners in mind. And it can be very easy for us to get focused on what we need them to know, but if we don't take into consideration how they learn, we may miss the mark. So we gotta go bigger than just the knowledge we need to convey and the behaviors that we need to affect, but also really honing in on the needs of the learners themselves. So uh, making smart design choices can enable the learner to have a really smooth experience without a lot of distraction. Uh, this means that we should consider doing things like breaking the content down into smaller, more digestible chunks for everyone, 
not just for the one learner that you're that you have in mind with this course or a subset of the learner population, but really widen your scope to understand what are all of the the different types of learners you have, what might some of their learning challenges or concerns be, and how can we how can we really create something that addresses as many of those things as possible. It's been proven that if we can break everything into smaller, more manageable chunks, uh, providing good regular intervals for a learner to take a break, uh, not giving them 30 minutes of content that must be consumed at one time, but creating an opportunity for them to go deep for four or five minutes and then catch a breath and then go back for more and catch a breath uh, can be really effective. Um, we uh, also should not be afraid to keep a really healthy amount of white space in our screens, in our printed pages. It, it, it may feel blank or a little bit underwhelming on occasion, but more white space can actually help your learners focus, which leads to higher knowledge transfer and retention. Resist the urge to fill every single inch of the real estate with something. Resist the urge to put as much as you can into that one page or that one course, because it can have counterproductive effects. Uh, there is such a thing as learning fatigue, decision fatigue. So trying to minimize the amount of things that your learner has to navigate. Keep it clear, clean, easy. Oftentimes, the white space is cited as having a calming effect. So to think through uh, your choices and be very intentional. Um, another tip in uh, kind of designing for reducing that cognitive bias, make sure that the flow and the path of navigating the journey through the information for this course, for this content, is very intuitive and obvious. The learner should never be left questioning what action they need to take in order to proceed. So that means we need to think about ensuring that our buttons and our interactions and our navigation cues are very clear and there is no room for misinterpretation. Um, consider things like what the on-screen guidance might be that you need to give to a learner if they navigate to a page that has a video which does not automatically play. Um, and also think about if the page doesn't automatically advance when that video is done, what cues can you give to the learner so they know what action they should take? Uh, perhaps think about right, a, a flashy button that draws their attention and basically says, click me to go to the next place. Learners can get really frustrated and ultimately disconnect from the learning altogether if the experience of navigating the content is not intuitive. And this applies to offline learning as well. Um, have you ever read a book that has quotes or stories kind of interspersed in the content along the way, uh, maybe just like embedded in the flow of text, but it feels like those things maybe don't belong where they go, right? Maybe there is a table that is cited um, that applies to some paragraphs that come a page ahead or maybe a page behind. Having those things out of sequence or in a, in a way that is presented to the, the learner in a non-intuitive fashion can create distraction and, and frustration. Um, 
when we think about learning styles, we think about approaching uh, neurodiversity and learning, we should also strive as much as possible to ensure our content is available in multiple formats. Your learners are going to have different needs and making sure that we can have learning be accessible to all learners is crucial. Uh, consider a video-based learning that might also include a full transcript or closed captioning so that way your hearing and hearing impaired learners have the same access to the content and don't feel like they are excluded from the experience. Uh, perhaps you might have a learner like me who often reads faster than what most narrations uh, are created for. I get incredibly frustrated if I uh, watch a video-based training or have to engage with a training that is narrated and I don't have an opportunity to just read the transcript. I can often move much quicker at my pace of reading and keep my engagement levels high. So think about um, all, all the different ways that we can engage learners with our content. This does not mean that every piece of content needs to be available in 24 formats. It just means consider that all of your learning has at least two formats available or at least touches two different kinds of learners. Again, just striving to get into an inclusive space with learning. And uh, in, in regard to that, accessibility is really the last tip here. Accessibility guidelines are available in a wide range of places. Just go to Google or whatever your search engine of preference is and type in learning content accessibility or content accessibility, and you will get a ton of information that can really help you think about things that affect accessibility, things like color choices, uh, making sure that you've got appropriate contrasts in colors to make the, uh, the process of reading easier, uh, considering things around your backgrounds and the images that get utilized, as well as things like font choices and sounds. Uh, there are no shortage of resources available to help you dig into the topic of accessibility and even more broadly into this notion of inclusivity and designing for uh, cognitive bias in learning. All the answers are just a few searches away. Uh, just make sure that as you're out there looking for more information, as you're looking to uh, learn more about this topic and, and sort of form your own practices, that you conduct your research in a fair and balanced fashion. You are considering resources and a multitude of perspectives that give you a well-rounded view before you lock and load.